Welcome to the Lead Up Podcast, where one moment can change one life. Here is your host, Nick Poole, with some leadership steps you can take this month. Welcome to the Lead Up Podcast, where we strive to help you function at your fullest potential as an influencer, recognizing that one moment can change one life. Over the last few months, we've talked about a number of topics that are really crucial for a leader, but aren't directly visible. We've talked about being humble, being compassionate, being courageous, and being a person of integrity. As you can tell, these are all aspects of being a leader. It, it, it was important to cover that first, I felt, because I have this strong conviction that before you can do the work of leadership, you have to be the right person. Who you are when no one else is looking will determine how long you can do what you're really good at. You can get away with a lack of humility or integrity for a little while, but if you're in this leading thing for the long haul, it's imperative to get the be part right. And this month, we're moving into that do part. Over the next few months, we're going to be striving to answer this question, what does a leader do? One of the first things a leader does that is incredibly important is to possess and share a vision. This is more than just a, an added bonus for a leader, but, but a leader can't lead without vision. You see, without vision, every opportunity, every new idea becomes the right opportunity or the right idea. Vision, though, brings clarity, motivation, and purpose to everything you do as a leader. The desire to lead others somewhere demands more than a dream, a hope, or simply a desire. Uh, to do the difficult task of, of leading people somewhere they haven't been before requires a clear vision on the leader's part. And every vision is unique to that leader. It, it takes into account the wiring of a particular person as well as the makeup of a team or organization, uh, in addition to the opportunities, challenges, and resources that are before them. Uh, the inception of a vision, I believe, is often found in a place of frustration. Now, over this last year, we've had plenty of frustrations, right? But, but I believe that, that, that the seeds of your vision, of the vision God has given you, the vision that you have for your team or organization, it starts from this place of frustration. Now, author Robert Morris states it this way in his book, The Blessed Church. Your vision will usually originate, like Popeye, from a place where you just can't stand it anymore. What are those things that irritate you, frustrate you, or stir up righteous indignation inside of you? Pay attention to those things because nestled beneath the emotion you feel or experience is a, is a building block, ultimately, for your vision. You see, visionary people aren't uh, those who necessarily step out to find vision. They are those that find themselves in the tension between what is and what ultimately should be. They become increasingly uncomfortable, maybe even irritated with the status quo. That doesn't mean leaders are angry people. It means that there's something stirring in them that, that doesn't sit right. Uh, Andy Stanley makes this uh, important note in his book, Visioneering. Not all burdens are vision material, but every vision becomes a burden. In other words, not everything you're irritated about or frustrated about is a vision, but every vision starts in that place. And there are three primary responses we can have to a burden or frustration like this that might be the seed to a vision. One, we can run from what we don't like, what frustrates us, or what irritates us. A lot of people have done that. Let's separate ourselves from the things we don't like, from the things that irritate us, from the things that frustrate us, from the things that don't sit right with us. So that's one option. Another option is we can start something new that corrects that frustration. 
So you can go in a completely different direction and start something completely new, completely unrelated, and accomplish, fulfill that frustration, that vision in a different place. Or you can dive in and do something uh, about what needs changed. Dive into that organization. Dive into that team. Address that actual specific problem. See, recognizing the beginnings of our vision is important, but it's not the end. It's simply a first step in the process. Discovering and clarifying our vision is, is, is a process that really takes time to marinate and mature. Vision takes time to be nurtured. We have to be willing to not only provide the time for us to grasp the picture of a preferred future, but we also need to take time to invite others into the discovery process. While God will ultimately reveal the vision to a person, it should be filtered through a group of people, through others. This step in the vision process is like nurturing a seed that you've planted in the ground. The more time and attention you provide in this stage will really determine the quality of the fruit that you'll produce in future stages. You can't get stuck in this stage, but you do need to linger a little while. The more time you spend clarifying and discovering your vision, the deeper the roots of that vision will go inside of you and ultimately inside your team. And when opposition comes, when the struggles and obstacles that overcome most leaders come your way, you'll be able to weather those storms. Why? Because you took time in this stage to let your roots grow deep. In his book, Creativity, Inc., Ed Catmull, who's the founder of Pixar Animation, calls this process nurturing the ugly baby. That sometimes you have to nurture the ugly baby before it grows and develops into something beautiful, something uh, that others uh, see as desirable. If you move too quickly, you might not have the vision fully clarified or developed. You might not have your team fully on board. And you can miss blind spots in your vision that maybe aren't worked through yet. Take time to develop, to nurture your vision. Here are a few exercise, exercises that uh, you can go through yourself or, or if you have a team, that you can go through with your team in this stage of the game of discovering your vision. Here's one idea. Go seven whys deep. This helps you clarify the why behind the why. What does that mean? That means that you identify a problem. So say, for example, the vision might be, we desire to establish better schools. Well, you would ask the question, why? Because students are important to us. Well, why? Because we want to see the community and the world become a better place. Awesome. Why? And you keep asking the why question until you get to the core of what you're really talking about. Because generally speaking, the statements we make about vision or preferred future at the onset are usually surface statements. You want to get to the deep. Go seven whys deep. Another exercise you can practice uh, with yourself or your team is explore how your own life experiences, as well as the history of your organization or team, uh, with its current reality, have shaped your vision. So you look at the past and all of the experiences. Maybe it's a timeline of your life and you put all of the, the pivotal moments of your life that have shaped you and brought you to this place. Those are part of your vision. Or maybe it's your organization or your team and, and all of the, the key uh, plateau or, or, or mountaintop moments, the, the key moments throughout your organization's history what are those? Those help shape the vision. So explore your life experience. Explore the history of your team or your organization. See how that all plays in to your vision because you're going to accomplish something that fits in the flow of where you're going in life or where your organization is going. And number three, clarify, and this is important, the unique opportunities and threats that could be good or bad 
with the implementation of the vision. So uh, going seven wise deep gets to the heart, the core. Looking at the history of, uh, uh, of your organization or your own life experiences looks back to the past a little bit and how that shapes your vision. This is really looking at the present and the future. What are the opportunities that set before you or what are the threats that sit before you that your vision could help accomplish or avoid? As you work through what your vision is, start to write it down. Don't try to be uh, concise, but try to communicate with words what's unique and compelling about this vision. What is it that gets you excited? What gets your team excited? What is it that you find yourself most passionate about? Here's a good way to evaluate where those places of passion are. Throw some words that describe the vision, the preferred future, the picture you see. Throw them on a whiteboard. And after you do that, what happens if you erase a word or two? Does it elicit an emotional response? What happens when you uh, remove a a set of words or phrases? How uh, would the perspective of this vision shift if those words are removed? That shows what's a priority. Another question is, how would this perspective, uh, the perspective of this vision shift if your team or your organization grew? So what, how would that vision adapt or be adjusted if things were bigger, if you had more resources available to you, if there were more people, if you had greater levels of influence? Would that vision change or shift? As you get words on the board, start to slowly refine what the vision is. The goal here isn't to really just establish a vision statement. I know a lot of books and and resources will say, you need a vision statement. You need to have a vision statement. Throw it on the wall. Put it on your letterhead. Uh, That's not the goal. That that might be part of the process, but that's not the goal. Uh, The goal isn't simply for a vision statement. It's a compelling story. I'll say that again. The goal isn't simply for a vision statement or to land or identify a vision statement. It's to identify a compelling story. What is the story you and your team or your organization is wanting to write? What's the picture you and your team are ultimately hoping to paint in the coming years? This is what it's all about vision. Vision so often uh, is is, uh, thrown around as simply a statement or words. It's not words. It's a picture. What is the picture you're wanting to paint? And I believe as you discover that picture, as you discover what that vision is, you're going to be able to have something compelling to lead others toward, not just tasks, not just doing more, but accomplishing something great, a vision that's inside of you that you spill over into others. And that is the mark of a true leader, not someone that gets others to do things, but someone that can inspire others to do more than they thought was possible. That right there is vision. Uh, Thank you guys so much for uh, joining me for this uh, lead up podcast today. Uh, Feel free to subscribe, share, give us a good review on whatever podcast platform you're listening today. And we're going to be back next month, uh, as usual, on the second Thursday of the month with our next lead up podcast. And we look forward to hearing you where one moment can change one life. Thanks for joining me today. Lead well. See you guys next month. This has been the Lead Up Podcast. This episode has been underwritten by Calvary Church of Irwin, PA. You can find out more about Calvary by visiting calvaryirwin.com. Join us again next month on the Lead Up Podcast, where one moment can change one life.